What connects a sailor reading bedtime stories to his children over Facebook with this? That's the sound of four O3B satellites being launched in space back in April 2019. Flying 8,000 kilometers above the Earth's surface, the O3B Mio constellation delivers low latency broadband to any area within 50 degrees north or south of the equator. But those satellites aren't just idly orbiting the Earth for fun. They're connecting businesses in telemedicine in Colombia. When doctors are able to link up with a counterpart in New Zealand just to guide them through certain procedures, it would definitely reduce on the number of referrals that will be made. Enabling electronic banking in the Cook Islands. Without a reliable broadband service, this country would not be where it is today in terms of tourism. And even powering virtual classrooms in American Samoa. They use an education platform called Moodle. They get their course materials from that. They interact with the lecturers and with other students around the region. So it really does create opportunities for people to stay. Let's delve a little deeper into the world of O3B, our Mio constellation. Welcome to Satellite Stories. I'm your host, Christina Smith-Meyer. Today, we're talking energy. In a moment, we'll imagine climbing aboard an oil rig and find out how exactly vessels at sea are relying on SES services to stay connected. But first, a trip back in time. 2009, to be more specific. That was when SES invested in the O3B Medium Earth Orbit, or MEO, constellation. It marked a new venture into non-geostationary satellites. But it didn't all become reality until four years later, when our first MEO satellite was launched. And here today, in the jungles of French Guiana, we launched O3B. For the last few years, our life at O3B has been about building stuff. From today, that all changes. We aspire to be the team that you choose to work with. Now, there are currently 20 satellites in the O3B Mio constellation, and we're about to take O3B to the next level, as O3B Empower will launch in 2021. So let's find out more. Why? And how? Last time on Satellite Stories, we explored cloud-based partnerships, and our guest, Sergi, mentioned the services we're providing to governments across the world. That's something we'll follow up on a little bit later in this series. But he also mentioned the energy sector. Oil rigs, vessels, cargo, hundreds of workers spending months traveling out at sea, reliant upon connection for navigation, their day-to-day -day work, and ways we're making life aboard a little more pleasurable. Norwegian-born, but now based in Texas, this time we meet Morten Hansen, VP of Commercial Maritime and Energy Sales at SES. From Skyping on a ship in Brazil to dangling from a helicopter basket above the Norwegian Sea, my conversation with Morten covered how O3B is used by energy businesses today, 
why he's personally excited about the opportunities O3B Empower is going to bring his customers, and where his career path has led him. Whether working in an office back in Houston or out working at sea on oil rigs. My career has been around IT and energy industry all the way from uh, Stavanger, where I started out as a trainee for a consulting company. But in uh, 2001, I was asked to come over to the US to help a startup company, Rignet, and was with them for 15 years and a CTO at the end of the day there. But it was growing up, building up a company doing remote communication to the oil and gas uh, sector, both offshore and onshore. So can you give me a bit of an insight to what it's like to be out in this environment where there's endless blue in every direction you feel I mean talk about isolated right I mean you've been out to these oil rigs what's that like so yeah so it's it's an exciting place to be on on that one uh, it's a lot of friendly people I would say that being out but it's very a uh, routine things going there with the day shift and night shift uh, you have the food at certain times a day um, my first trip was flying out there on some of them, but uh, also I, I learned how you pack for going to a rig. Uh, one of my trips out there was supposed to be a day trip and ended up being four days. And that's when I learned there's uh, certain things you just need to pack with you in the laptop bag, even if you just plan to be there for a day. In the laptop bag and also your suitcase, I presume. I didn't have a suitcase with me at that point, and, and you can't really bring a suitcase because if you're lucky enough to get the flight out there, there's so much room you can pick, uh, put in the back of a helicopter. So you have some offshore bags to put things in, you can squeeze in the bag. Other trips out there, you take the, the vessels, the crew boat out, and that, depending on where you are in the world, uh, it can take from a couple hours to up to 10 hours on, on that one. The first thing I, I was told, like, just look at the horizon when you get lifted up there, don't look down on it. So it's, uh, it, it's something for, for someone that is a little bit of respect for the heights. It was a little bit challenging the first time, but you get used to it. So. And there's also the challenge with the swells and the boat. So you need to match the movement on the, the basket and the boat because the rig is standing, uh, in, if it's a jack-up, on, on the bottom of the floor. So you need a, a very good crane operator who can uh, move the basket with uh, the waves and all that on the boat and know when to jump onto it and, and take you up there. So it's, it's uh, all about the timing from that point. No, that just, yeah, rather you than me in that situation. And then what about once you get up on that oil rig? What's, it, what's life like out there? So, so it's all about safety. So one of the first thing you do is safety briefing and, and making sure that you know which lifeboats you're assigned and all that in case something happened and what kind of things you're doing from that point. And it's making sure you have all the safety gear if you're moving around on our side. You listen a little bit more to sounds and all that when you're not familiar with it compared mm-hmm. to the people living out there and done it for, for decades and all that. So I mean, can you imagine what it would be like to not have connectivity? I mean, that's really... It's a lifeline, isn't it? Yes, it's a big difference. And that's what I learned early on the first trip out there when we enabled phone for the crew. And and one of the things at that time, we gave away crew access, local calling in Houston, the the one in Gulf of Mexico, but also for them to just buy calling cards. And and that was something that was very much appreciated by crew there and being able to call home and and have the calling cards and, and have that communication with friends and family. And and that's definitely been something that we've seen in industry is that um, having the right crew amenities is key to keeping your crew. So how many crew are actually on an oil rig like that normally? Oh, it depends on, on the rig, but uh, you can have several hundred on the rigs depending on the size of it. And because you have a night day crew and a night crew that's working, so, uh, so you have to double up on, on that part. And then you have all the facilities 
Right. So not only do you need connectivity to serve hundreds of people on this oil rig, but you obviously need to run the business. So what kind of things would our current customers, like RigNet, be using O3B for? So in this case, RigNet is one of our many uh, service provider partners providing services. So their end customers, the old companies, are using it for, and drilling companies for different things. The general IT is emails and ordering system, timesheets, filling all of that that everyone does in any business. The other thing is the operational side, which is called the OT operation technology, which is the operation of the rig. It's clear in remote locations like this, you can only rely on satellite for connectivity. But isn't there, in a sense, some people that think that satellite internet connectivity is much slower than terrestrial and IP? Yes, yeah, so, so satellite's been the one that's been always servicing offshore oil and gas. There is parts of the world where there is uh, LTE networks connected through microwave back to shore on it. So, so there is pockets in the North Sea and uh, Norwegian Sea, but also in, in the Gulf of Mexico we have, have this and that gives also people a flavor of lower latency on that one. And, and satellites have generally been seen as a high latency. Limited bandwidth has been expensive on that one. And, and that's really been changing with uh, O2B MEO services today, where we can get low latency, very much high trip for much lower cost on that one. So what has the feedback been to date from our customers using O3B? So, so on that one, we have one of the big markets right now is in Brazil. And uh, the crew using Skype now with video. So you can actually see, instead of just talking with a the family, they can see the family. On the operational side is video conferencing, streaming uh, video from things, especially when there is an incident or something happening. They can get um, much quicker resolving the, the issue than uh, previously done. So. so if we just go through a bit of a laundry list of what our customers use our Mio Constellation for today, what would they be? So it's, it's pretty much the same they've always done. It's just giving it much more throughput. So with the MIO constellation right now, we have customer up to um, 100 megabit of aggregated bandwidth to the sites. Uh, sites normally been 10, 20 megabit before, really on the high end, but uh, some rigs have been down to 4 to 5 megabit. So it's truly giving much more bandwidth than they've uh, been able to, uh, to uh, get access to before. But on, on the low latency then, it, it's almost like sitting in the office. Okay, so if we go back to the customers today using our Mio Constellation, what is their current challenge and why would something like O3B Empower help them overcome that challenge? Yeah, so the one thing with, with um, our O3B Mio solution is that there's a limited set of beams and the size of beams. Uh, and we'll look at the offshore market, there are certain places we landed beams for that. Uh, it's it's a, a limited resource on, on each satellite. With Empower, we have so many more beams we can land. So we're going from 10 customer beams to up to 5,000 beams per satellite, which is a big difference. So, so we can land a beam where it's just one platform, one rig, which has been impossible before to do that just for a rig in, in certain places. It, it's been requiring a bigger business case, a more established market. So it opens up for new markets, new areas to uh, really get uh, the exposure to it. And also moving from platforms and FPSOs, where we've been focusing on, to drilling rigs, which are more mobile and, and shorter term period in, in different places. And what kinds of questions are customers and prospects asking you today about O3BM Power? Because it's only going to be available in 2021. What we're seeing right now is that some of the super majors are pushing down requirements to their drilling contractors regards to having MEO service available on drilling rigs. Uh, so they can be more efficient on the operation. 
Because when you have a drilling rig out there, it's all about the shortening down the time it operates, be more efficient, you can drill more in a shorter period. But also combined with our C-band, geo-satellites, it makes a, a really good solution from, uh, from that point. And especially now that we had multiple um, antenna manufacturers had, that support uh, dual-band or tri-band terminals, where you can automatically fail over to a, a C-band if needed. Right, so it sounds pretty reliable. It's very reliable on, on that one, but all of this is complex antennas. It needs to be installed by people who are trained and qualified to do the job. So that's where one of the keys to make sure that the ecosystem and all of our service provider partners are trained and up to speed uh, on, on how to install it efficiently and, and do the best installation. There's actually a lot of talk about LEO satellites right now in the industry. What would you say is the difference really between LEO satellites and what we're able to offer within Power in 2021? So one of the things is uh, when you look at landing traffic back, so if you have uh, activities outside of West Africa, landing it back in Europe and taking it to a data center there, uh, we see, especially with the cloud uh, strategies for these customers, will reduce the terrestrial latency going back. So if you look at LEO, it would be landed in a beam somewhere outside Africa and being taken back by fiber. When you look at the latency, the end-to-end latency at that point, it's, it's the same. So, so you lose the benefit. On Leo, if, if you're looking for just raw internet, yes, there is something like that. But from an enterprise uh, application, the, the Mio is, is very successful and been operating now for a long time. We've been doing oil and gas side since 2015. So it's, uh, it's been very, um, it's a proven technology from that point. Out of all, all of the customers that you've worked with to date, are there any stories that have really humbled you during your experience? You know, being part of a company that can bring people on those oil rigs or remote drilling sites to connect back home, like you said, have a video conferencing call with their family back home? Yeah, I, I think it's the, it's the whole thing with video conferencing home is, is key. The whole connection home, it's easy for us. It works uh, from a home uh, or an office to drive in in the morning. You see family all the time. You can go to the sports games and all that for your kids. Just recognizing that what people are looking for in the future is, is being close to your friends and family. And giving them the opportunity to maybe that watch the streaming a live game when the kids are out there playing soccer or something like that is, is key on, on that part. And it's also not limiting to the amount of bandwidth sites because we, with Mio Constellation, we can talk about gigabit to these sites as well. So, so bandwidth is not the limiting uh, for the future and what you can do, especially when you look at digital transformation, where bandwidth is seen as one of the accelerators for, for making this happen. So we're hearing a lot these days about digital transformation in the world of oil and gas. And what, what does that exactly mean? Yes, yeah, so in oil and gas, they used uh, technology and special IT for a long time, but it's very much been around the seismic and exploration before the operational side. On the operational side, it's been very manual uh, on certain things. The disconnect between the different systems has been big. And, and that's what they're truly looking today uh, with digital transformation is tying all the systems together. But not just systems, it's also data and making sure you can utilize the data across the different system and open up the silos out there. So you can be more efficient and understand more what's happening with the well and make sure that it's productive and cost efficient from operation. So can you give me a, a specific example so one thing that's been big in industry lately is digital twin, where you have a simulated model of the site, the asset. So in this case, a drilling rig or platform, we can visually look at it and, and what kind of data you should expect to see in the pipes. So, so with the model here, you can compare it to real life, what you're seeing out there, and understand is everything operating as expected. 
the key thing on this one is looking into the future. It's all about predictive. And that's one of the key things we can keep operating as efficient as possible. Right. So it's being a lot more efficient and also being safe, just like you mentioned, that that was one of the most important things, right, when you went out to the oil rigs. It's easy to look back and saying, was it right or wrong? But looking in the future is always the hardest thing to do. And, and safety is the first one thing that you make a decision on is, is are we doing something that's safe or not? And, and that's where cybersecurity and, and all the things around the digital operation uh, is key on that one to make sure that no one can take over the rig or the platform remotely. That's why it's key uh, to look at the, the cybersecurity as they uh, tie all the systems together, uh, enabled by the communication we provide. Well, before I let you go, Morton, I just want to ask you one future-focused question, which is what can our customers expect looking at the future, O3B and power, but also beyond? So the one thing they should look at is that communication is not going to be limited in the future. And, and it's using their creativity to see what can it truly do with all of this bandwidth and, and low latency that they haven't been used to when previously. And it's open for that one, being creative and see how can you change things in the future by all of these uh, new powers that they enable with, with God's communication. Well, Morton, thank you so much for coming all the way over from Texas. I hope you enjoy the rest of your time here in Luxembourg and we'll look forward to speaking to you soon again. Thank you for having me. Next time, we're continuing our theme of working offshore with a few more stories from out in the oceans. He says, I've been at sea for 18 years. I recently got married, and every night I've been able to read my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter a bedtime story over Facebook. We'll hear how governments across the world are integrating our services in defense and major disaster rescue operations. Subscribe to this podcast so you're notified the moment our next episode is available. And for more about what we do, visit SES.com.